Welcome to Vladimir Savchuk's podcast. Our ministry exists to reach people globally and to disciple them digitally. If you have not done so, would you help me to bring a greater exposure to the biblical teaching by leaving a review on this podcast and share it also on your social media platform. Let's dive into this episode. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is it a hoax or hope? Is it historical or Christians just invented? Jesus didn't really die. He simply escaped to France with Mary Magdalene. And then years later, Tom Hanks cracked the code. And all of this is just a bunch of lies. Now, the word Easter, what we call as resurrection of Sunday, actually the word Easter is not in the Bible. And the word Easter actually comes from a Saxon word, which denotes a goddess of Saxons in honor of whom they sacrificed during the time of Passover. So it is correct that Easter is not a Christian holiday. Resurrection of Jesus is. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a crucial holiday and it's a crucial event for the Christian. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, he says, if Christ is not risen, that our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. If you don't realize it, actually the foundation of Christian faith is not the Bible. It's the event of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Our faith is in the person, not in set of principles. There's been a lot of people who died. There's been a lot of people who said good and wise things, but there has been nobody who was like Jesus, who rose from the dead, and who claimed to take our sins upon himself. If there will be no resurrection, our preaching is pointless. Our faith is foolish. Disciples will be deceivers. Sin will be sovereign. Death will have dominion and our future will be futile. So since resurrection is such a big deal, everything is based on it. We should take a moment and dive in a little bit more on, did it really happen? What evidence do we have that Jesus did rise from the dead? And I'll give you 10 things to consider as a proof for the resurrection of Jesus. Number one is Jesus' resurrection was predicted in the Old Testament. This did not just happen. This has been prophesied about a thousand years before he came in Psalm 16, verse 10. Number two is Jesus predicted his own resurrection in advance. Ever since, he asked his disciples what they thought of him and they said, you're the Messiah. And Jesus started telling them about something that they did not want to hear. In fact, Peter was rebuking him because Jesus was saying, I will die, I will be rejected, I will be betrayed, I will be buried, and then I will rise again on the third day. They couldn't comprehend that because Jesus was on the peak of ministry. His numbers were good. He was trailing in polls and he's saying all of that. He predicted that in advance. Number three is Jesus's empty tomb. Now, we have to remember that Jesus did die. Some people say, well, he didn't rise from the dead. He simply recovered from the injuries he received. But he was scorched. He carried his own cross under the weight. He fell under that cross. He was on the cross for over six hours in the scorching sun. And right before he got pierced in his heart, okay, the Bible says is that he already died because when they pierced his heart, the blood and water came out. See, when you die, your blood begins to clot. And it begins to separate itself from all watery serum in your body. So the fact that blood and water came out indicates he was already dead. But the empty tomb proves his resurrection because this empty tomb was found empty. If this was a fake story that created by disciples, which by the way, if you remember, they didn't believe he would rise from the dead. This whole thing took him by surprise. 
Disciples wouldn't put women as the first people who saw the empty tomb because women were not verifiable witnesses during that time, but they did. Disciples could not have stolen the body of Jesus Christ because the tomb was guarded. There were 16 Roman soldiers who were keeping watch of that tomb. Now the rumors started to circulate that these soldiers fell asleep and they saw disciples stealing the body, which is pretty dumb if you think about it. How could you know who stole the body if you were asleep? And according to Roman law, you will be punished by death for falling asleep during your guard duty. And they were not punished by death. That means they were never asleep. They were simply bribed, as the Bible says, because the angel came and removed the stone and they just did not want to accept the truth. Now, the fourth reason that we believe that Jesus rose from the dead is that disciples were changed from cowardness to courage. Before this, they were cowards. They were denying him, leaving him, running away from him, changing the story, going back to their old life. And now they're so courageous. Now they're full of passion and faith and zeal and now miracles and signs are following them. Now for those of you who think, oh, they could have just came up with the story on their own because, you know, they knew they're going to be founders of this new religion. But, you know, people come up with fake stuff based on usually three reasons, power, wealth, and sex. Like I have a person who makes uh, a profile, fake profile um, of me on Instagram and TikTok because they're trying to get money out of people. So let's just say that they wanted to become somebody. And so they created this lie that Jesus rose from the dead. Maybe one or two people would come up with that if they're not mentally stable. But if you remember, disciples didn't get any power. They didn't get any wealth and they didn't get any sex. They were persecuted. They were killed. Peter saw his own wife being crucified and then he was crucified. Paul was beheaded and the rest of them died. Nobody would do that for a lie. They had nothing to gain except they encountered this person named Jesus alive. The fifth reason that we believe Jesus rose from the dead is because he appeared to 500 people over the course of 40 days. It wasn't just to the inner circle that he appeared. He appeared to other people who were still alive at the time of writing of the New Testament. Now, some people say, well, those people might have hallucinated and saw Jesus because they wanted to see him. One or maybe two people can hallucinate by 500 people at the same time during the course of 40 days. It's just not possible. The sixth reason is that Jesus' followers remained loyal to him and they actually started to worship him. Now, for Jewish people to worship a, a human being is breaking first two commandments. For his own family, mom and dad, his dad already passed away most likely, but his brothers and sisters to worship him? Like, Jesus was their stepbrother. For, for them to do that was, was crazy unless they believed that he was God. Otherwise, they wouldn't worship him. This was a big deal for Jewish people. Number seventh reason is that Jesus' followers changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday in the memory of his resurrection. This was also a huge deal. Sabbath for, for Israel is the fourth commandment. To break that and to move it to another day was like a big no-no. Why would they do that? Because Jesus claimed to be the Lord of the Sabbath. And sometimes he broke it to tell people that Sabbath was made for a man, not man for the Sabbath. And because he rose from the dead on Sunday, this was such a big deal to them. They started to worship him and gather together on Sunday morning. Number eighth reason is Jesus' followers practiced communion and baptism. This was such a big deal, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because communion remembers his death and baptism identifies with his resurrection. If you go into water, you're symbolizing that you're identifying with his death burial. And when you're coming out of the water, and thankfully we all do when we get baptized, you're saying, I identify with his, with his resurrection. This principle continued 
throughout the church history until even now because it's identification with his resurrection, not just with his good teachings, but with his death and his resurrection. Number ninth reason is Jesus's public enemy number one was converted. Guess when? When he met Jesus Christ. This guy's name was Paul. Now, some people will say, well, disciples of Jesus were not educated. You know, even Pharisees said that they were not educated, but they were bold because they've been with Jesus. But see, like they did not have a lot of smart people, but Luke wrote the gospels and Luke was a doctor and Paul was hugely against Christianity. He wanted to destroy Christianity. He was educated. Some, some people said actually that education that he received is equivalent to three PhDs in today's age. And guess how Paul became a Christian? It wasn't by going to a church. He actually encountered Jesus himself, resurrected Jesus, and that changed his life. Paul was not easily fooled. And so this had to be a real genuine encounter that changed this man into an apostle who eventually paid with his life for the message of Jesus Christ. And the 10th proof of Jesus' resurrection is that it's also verified by history. There's a Jewish historian, Josephus, and he talks about Jesus. I'll actually read the whole quote. It says, Now about this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. For he was the one who brought surprising miracles and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Christ. When Pilate, upon hearing him, accused by the men of the highest standing amongst us, had condemned him to be crucified, those who had in first place have come to love him did not give up their affections for him. On the third day he appeared to them restored to life, for the prophets of God had prophesied these and countless other marvelous things about him, and the tribe of the Christians so called after him has still till this day not disappeared." Scholars tell us that there's more evidence for Jesus Christ coming out of the grave than there is for Julius Caesar ever been alive. A German philosopher said the following, the evidence for Jesus's resurrection is so strong that nobody would question it except for two things. First, it is very unusual event. And second, if you believe it happened, you have to change the way you live. See, this is the real reason why many people don't accept Jesus Christ. It's not because there's not enough evidence. It's because the evidence demands that we do something with that evidence. For Christians, faith is when the unexplainable confronts the undeniable. It's true that supernatural things like resurrection are hard to understand. But also when the evidence is facing right in your face, as a Christian, you have to take a leap of faith. Our faith is not blind. Our faith is not fiction. Our faith is not based on our feelings or experiences. Our faith is built on the concrete evidence and proof that Jesus was alive, that he was on this earth. He spoke the things that he spoke. He died on the cross for us and he rose from the dead. And today we have to receive him or reject him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 14 through 19 says the following, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that has raised Christ up whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. If Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life we only hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. The purpose for the resurrection of Jesus, there's eight of these purposes. Number one, it's a sign for unbeliever. In fact, even Jesus confronted Pharisees and told them when they asked him for a sign that the sign he will give them 
is his resurrection based on the sign of Jonah. The second purpose of the resurrection of Jesus is it's the answer for believers' doubt. Sometimes we will doubt like Thomas, whether Jesus truly rose from the dead and his resurrection, the evidence of that resurrection and Thomas's testimony help us to conquer our doubts. The third reason is it's the guarantee that Jesus's teachings are true. Come on, anybody who says whatever they're going to say, if they predict their death and resurrection and pull it off, sign me up. I'm going to believe that person. And Jesus has my vote. Jesus has my loyalty and my allegiance because I believe he's a son of God. Number four is that resurrection of Jesus is the center of the gospel. It's the center of the preaching. It's the center of what we talk about. We're not preaching just love your neighbor and be good to other people, think positive thoughts and be nice. You know, a lot of religions talk about that. We have something very different because it's about the person. And the center, when we talk about this person, is not necessarily that he died at the age of 33. It's the fact that he was God. He is God. He died for a sin. And how are we sure of that? Because he rose from the dead. His resurrection is God's amen to Jesus's, it is finished. The fifth purpose of his resurrection is it's the key indicator of believers' daily power to live the Christian life. The Bible says the same spirit lives in us that raised Christ from the dead. The Bible says that we are, as we come out of the water during our baptism, we're pretty much identifying with Jesus' resurrected life, meaning we can experience newness of life. The sixth reason for his resurrection is total commitment of our lives. The Lord expects us to pledge our life to him. And believers did that all throughout the last 2,000 years. They gave their life. A lot of them gave up their possessions. They give up their hate. They give up their evil, sinful ways because of Jesus' resurrection. The seventh reason is resurrection of Jesus helps me to conquer my fear of death. Because he died. See, when he died, he defeated my sin. When he rose from the dead, he defeated death. He's the only one who did that. There are people who conquered nations. There are people who wrote books and songs and build universities. There are people who are probably going to go to Mars and people who went to moon and space. Nobody conquered death except Jesus. And the eighth reason and the purpose of resurrection of Jesus is it's a blueprint, an example, a sample of what's going to happen to us. We will also rise again. We will see our loved ones. Jesus is the first fruit. We are going to follow him, meaning there's hope for us in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, resurrection of Jesus is not a hoax. It's historic. Resurrection of Jesus is not a hoax. It's our hope. I want to encourage you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you're watching this and maybe you're skeptic or agnostic or maybe an atheist, I want to tell you something. You have nothing to lose by placing your trust in Jesus Christ, but you have everything to lose if you reject the real facts. If you're not convinced, I encourage you dive in and study the topic of his life and resurrection. And you will come to that point where the evidence will stare in your face, but you will still have to make a decision. You will still have to place your trust in Jesus because Jesus told Thomas after he touched him, he says, Thomas, be believing. Meaning just because you experienced me, you saw me, you still have to trust in me. Demons believe, they're still demons, but we have to trust in Jesus. Meaning we put our full weight on what he said and what he did. And then we repent of our sin. We change our mind about God, about our evil life, our self-centeredness, and we redirect and focus our life on pleasing Him and thus loving other people as well. If you are ready to make the decision to give your life to the Lord, would you let me lead you in this prayer? Now, mind you, prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But prayer is just you saying, Lord, I need you. And sometimes people just need help in how to say that to God. Just say this with me. 
Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. Forgive me my sin. Thank you for taking my sin and wrongdoing on yourself. I believe you are the promised Messiah. You are the Son of God. I don't, I don't understand everything, but I trust you. I want to follow you. I choose to leave the old life of sin and make you my Lord and Savior and live my whole life knowing more about you. Amen. If you pray that prayer, the Bible says when we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, God gives us the gift of life, new eternal life. He gives us His Spirit. Begin to dive in Jesus' Word. Go to a local church. Surround yourself with other believers and learn more about your faith. And hey, let me know if you prayed that prayer. Let me know that in the comments below. Or just go to hungrygen.com forward slash get saved. And then just sign up there so I could receive that, hey, you prayed that prayer and I want to celebrate with you and also send you some resources. Hey, thank you for watching this video. If this was a blessing to you, don't forget to hit thumbs up to this video as well as subscribe to this channel so that you can be reminded each time that we post new videos. God bless you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you were encouraged, challenged, and also blessed. As always, don't forget to subscribe as well as to leave a review so that it could help us to reach other people. And share this episode with your friends and your family on social media. If God puts on your heart to support this ministry, your support will help us to reach more people for Jesus. Go to my website and you can find out so much more free resources from reading plans, blogs, e-courses, and so much. And all of my stuff is free of charge. God bless you. Until next time.